Um, for those that don't know me, my name is Dante. I am one of the workers at Mina's World. Um, I'm coming on here to be visibly accountable for a, an individual choice I made um, outside of the wor the workers collective. Um, I, I made the personal choice um, out of haste, reactionary thinking, out of anger, um, censoring my own anger. Um, and I posted organizing information without review or discernment. Today's story is entitled Mina's World. Now, this is a story that Stu's been digging into, and um, it's emblematic of how screwed up our country is with the way some of the some of the, these Marxist beliefs are encroaching into society. Now, I'm at the crack house today because the whole world is on crack when you watch this story. It's just bizarre. I'm going to attempt to explain what's going on and kind of paint the canvas. And then I'm going to hand the ball over to Stu, who has all the details. This story takes place in West Philadelphia. West Philadelphia is a can be a bohemian place with a lot of, of hippies. And there are also a lot of truly communist and Marxist and socialist organizations that have their offices there. This is one of those stories where it almost feels like Game of Thrones, where you need to almost have like a map of all the parties involved. But Mina's World started off as a record label and a zine online magazine. And it became a business because Kate has a mom who is, was a CPA, made a bunch of money, invested in real estate. Kate has a partner named Sonam. This came to my attention because there was almost a ransom style video of Kate and Sonam apologizing to their woke staff for being anti-Black, being ableist, and essentially being oppressors to them. Kind of reminds you of the struggle sessions of Maoist China, where anyone who is a class enemy has to essentially say all the bad things they've done in life and promise to be a good little communist. This is Sonam. And Kate from Nina's World. Um, we're going live as part of a radical accountability process. Um, we're complicit in the gentrification and anti-blackness on 52nd Street. We put our community at risk with our presence um, as well as our workers. And particularly, this was highlighted by an action from us and we are here to take responsibility um, for that inaction and for the harm that we caused. With the guidance of the workers and Black and Brown Workers Collective, we're trying to raise funds to buy the business and turn it over to our staff. Um, as the owners of the space, we put our workers in harm's way each day that we're open and we want to recognize that harm and want to uplift their concerns and needs. Um, we want to uh, be accountable for our complicitness and uh, our complicitness with gentrification and our engagement with anti-blackness um, 
in that gentrification. And in that space. And in that space, yeah. The workers of Nina's World deserve so much more. They have worked beyond their means. They have made the space what it is and our ultimate goal is to return the space to them and give them the shop that they truly deserve to have. And what we're asking you to do right now is to stay tuned for a funder so that we can raise the funds to turn over the space to them and to make sure that they get to have Nina's world in the way that they have envisioned it and rightfully should have it. Um, we're trying to work with a third owner to buy the business and the property. Um, and we're asking for funds so that we can do that. Um, our ownership and our place as a business and the owners of that business on 52nd Street have caused harm and the exploitation of our workers and, gentrif and gentrifying the neighborhood. Um, Here's where things get kind of weird. You have a bunch of organizers who have mostly have public facing profiles where you can kind of look into who they are, see what their vibe is. And I'm going to try to be as nice as possible and say something nice about every single one of these people. <laughs> but the deal is this. They had their workers statement and the workers statement said that they were facing systemic employer opposition, which means the business wasn't handed over to them. They also faced manipulation, abuse of power, exploitation, anti-Blackness, ableism, hostility, and complete disregard of our livelihoods. So their goal was a collective liberation. And they felt that there wasn't financial transparency, and they felt tokenized by the, by the owners of Mina's World, which are a trans woman and a South Asian woman. Um, EJ Egghart, who is Kate's mother, was an 18% owner of Nina's World, and she is a Korean woman. EJ is also allowing Kate to operate this business rent-free and has done all kinds of free work for the business. And EJ has documented this and so I'm just going to read you all a little bit of what EJ, the mother, said about the business. EJ has paid for the electricity uh, in the building for two years, the rent free, and she's done tons of CPA work for them. Um, she's paid the insurances for Kate and Sonam, has done all their accounting for free, and has just helped them every step of the way. She's told them that their business model of low coffee pricing with high labor costs and buying these expensive beans is hurting their finances. Uh, she's told them that the issue at hand is that they don't have a profitable system and they have no ability of credit. And if anyone wanted to take this business over, there's no way they're going to do it without a giant lump sum of money because the current business model doesn't work. In other words, they are like Marxist little children who are playing house and doing it all with someone else's money, totally immune from real world realities. Like most businesses pay rent, they pay, they pay insurance, 
they actually try to buy their goods and services at a decent price. They're just woke Marxist dilettantes uh, who are angry at the world. I'm going to quote EJ. When they have financial losses, I had to remind them of their intentions of social justice, not financial gain for themselves. Uh, now it seems there's neither emotional nor financial rewards from the thankless efforts uh, from reading these cyberspace postings. And so she says that she feels publicly lynched in cyberspace um, for this. And so because they're blaming her for being an oppressor because she owns the property and uh, owns part of the business. I mean, she's effectively a kulak. She's a landowner. Yeah. yeah. So even though it's land in West Philadelphia, which has its own problems, you know, she is still seen as an oppressor. And it goes against the entire narrative of the left where, you know, you have a woman from Korea come to this country and makes a, make and is successful and is able to become a millionaire over time. And she says that her daughter, Kate, never got to experience any of the benefits of her wealth until much later in life. But she worked hard to get where she got. It's her money, not Kate's money. She's been more than charitable to the business. But now that the business is being considered uh, evil and bad, despite being what they thought was a force of good in the community, you know, why be involved? And so she well, has now put the property up for sale and Mina's her, is closed. It's her capitalist wealth that has allowed her to bestow the gifts upon this little woke coffee shop that it has enjoyed the last three or four years. And they are criticizing her for giving them untold amounts of resources and money. Yeah, and this is including the business actually shut down for two weeks, so the entire staff could take a vacation um, in August. So that was something that they would do every August, uh, all employee paid vacations. So they were getting paid well, had all employee paid vacations. I bet everyone who actually worked there probably worked there full time. Even though they didn't need all that labor all the time. Yeah, and I bet they also had all kinds of benefits like the paid vacation, but it still wasn't enough because they didn't control the business. That, that EJ is paying for. That EJ has been floating out of love for her child. And so let's just kind of go through some of the personalities of the angry staff. We've kind of focused on EJ, the mom, Kate and Sonam. And Kate and Sonam still feel like they're being held hostage. They haven't vocalized this but they still feel like they've done something wrong because they're so tied up in the woke philosophy of all this. You have a lot of people online who are actually worried that Kate is taking this so hard that she might actually be um, at risk of hurting herself in some way because she's essentially being emotionally gaslit by her staff that hasn't appreciated anything that they've done. And it turns out the lack of financial transparency was because it wasn't a profitable business without EJ. It's Shakespearean and there's a human quality of all the players at, in this. So let's focus on the person whose idea this was. Uh, this was going to be um, Agua Dente. Agua Dente is, I believe, non-binary. And she has actually done this at multiple coffee shops across Philadelphia. And it turns out whenever you have 
kind of these major woke neighborhoods or cities, there's all these kind of independent coffee shop drama because a lot of people chimed in from places like Olympia and Seattle, where they also had these like communist takeovers of coffee shops. And an, an interesting one that also happened in Philadelphia was the takeover of uh, Franny Lou. So Franny Loon was a black owned coffee shop. Uh, the, the owner takes a leave of absence when her baby was born and the two people she left in charge don't want her to come back and now are demanding full control of uh, Franny Lou's in Fishtown. But um, Aguadente has done this at multiple coffee shops, has done it at Starbucks, did it at some other independent coffee shops as well. And somehow, you know, I guess eventually it's going to work or the whole grift of this is they are mad at the coffee shop, like, uh, like Dottie's. Uh, and so apparently uh, Agua has gone through all the major coffee shops in the Cedar Park area because every time this happens, there's cries of racism, ableism, and they just destroy the business. But they get to do these things like the GoFundMe. And so, you know, GoFundMes are used all the time by um, organizations and people who want help with things. And so they've raised $11,000 to buy out the business from uh, EJ. And let's just say the nonsensical thinking is EJ, EJ hasn't stated that she wants to sell to them. Uh, they don't yeah. have a deal, but yet they're out soliciting money. And um, Agua, and but in the end, they're going to use the money for their own means. No, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Agua. I bet they, will, I bet they will fight over that. So the, the one of the workers, Van, is actually in charge of the money. So what uh, what happens if Van says it's all my money? It's my eleven thousand dollars. It's like the uh, original collectivization of Plymouth Rock. <laughs> they starved, and everybody fought until they actually bestowed the rights of private property on um, the pilgrims. Uh, but this Agua chick, the in Marxist entitlement, you know she's a shitty worker with an attitude. Uh, uh, she's getting paid more than she deserves, uh, yet she feels entitled um, to have the people who own the business and the, and the, property give it away to a little commune that somehow is supposed to run the business which of course will end up with incredible if it ever were to happen it's not but it would be incredible corruption and fraud and and she's already been trotskied so because this isn't her first rodeo she started doxing people and doxed ej and let everyone know where ej lived and that upset the other people that she had teamed up with for this takeover. And so we'll show the struggle session of Agua, where Agua has to say that she was anti-Black and she has hurt her comrades. And so it's just kind of a fascinating, just, it's, it's, it's micro-communism, but focused around a coffee shop. It, it really is. It's um, for those that don't know me, my name is Dante. I am one of the workers at Mina's World. Um, I'm coming on here to be visibly accountable for uh, an individual choice I made 
um, outside of the wor the workers collective. Um, I I made the personal choice um, out of haste, reactionary thinking, out of anger, um, censoring my own anger. Um, and I posted organizing information without review or discernment. Um, and like that has harmed my black coworkers. My personal choice, the centering of my own anger, um, acting outside of the collective, acting on my own, I have hurt my coworkers. Um, I, their work, the work that they've done for the past year, um, I have put them further in compromising vulnerable positions because of of not slowing down, of not disentering my anger and not doing what I was supposed to do as one of the workers within the collective. And by not centering them and centering myself, I have caused, I, I have really tainted the integrity of their work by doing that. Um, and I've taken the focus away from them. I have decentered them, um, or have contributed to the decentering of them, their needs, um, and and what they're owed in terms of their sovereignty and support. Um, the focus needs to be shifted back. It's sh being shifted back. I'm doing the work to shift that focus where it should be, where it is owed. Right where we uh, there's a responsibility. I have a responsibility to make sure that my workers are safe, that they're heard. Uh, my coworkers are safe, they're heard, and they're uplifted by myself and the community. Um, and I'm doing that work to do that to restore, to repair the harm that I've done to them. Um, yeah. So um, another one of the people involved is Simone. So before I start talking about anything that has transpired in the shop, I just want to name that it's important to acknowledge how much labor and time goes into these processes before they become public. I really need that to be acknowledged. And I need it to be acknowledged that three of these workers out of the four of us who are on staff are black and trans and we are dealing with like these microaggressions, the anti-blackness, the unsafe workspace. So I just really need y'all to understand the severity of the situation. And I need y'all to share this with your friends. I need y'all to put this on your grid and disturb your aesthetics. Yeah, I feel like I have a lot of anger, which has prevented me from being able to even speak about this directly after things. Simone is a 28 year old artist, um, polyam, like polyamory. So multiple partners. Uh, there's another phrase that she uses that I won't say. Uh, I don't know what it means, but um, it's kind of interesting on the Instagram profile, uh, Simone has the date of when she started taking testosterone, uh, the date for when she did her top surgery, 
And so just kind of just the, the culture of it is so different to me. And what's in there a go fund page for the um, for the surgery? Yes. And so this right. kind of this tactic of, you know, you all need to give me money all the time is kind of popping up right. over and over again. And so, it stated that it, she, he, them, she, whatever, um, had dysphoria and that um, violence was going to be committed against he, she, it, them, if you didn't fund, if you, the contributor, didn't give me money per GoFund page. Yeah, so I'll, I'll quote some of Simone's thoughts on this. My dysphoria is at the point where I can no longer wait. After years of fat phobia, uncaring doctors, and so many financial obstacles, I have finally found a doctor of color who is amazing. However, despite that, this doctor of color has forced Simone to do multiple meetings to say, you know, are you really sure you want to go through this? So kind of interesting. And so she, she couldn't cope with wearing all the layers of clothes to hide her chest. She's out, she was out of work and um, she just needs the money. And so kind of interesting, but, you know, weird to me, but she has a nice community who, you know, made her a cake to celebrate it. And, but something else that kind of goes into this notion is, you know, some of the just rhetoric. So there's this post, like, if I'm the fattest person you've ever dated, that is a problem. I am a chubby person who still benefits the, from the privilege of being able to buy clothes in stores. Stop using some term I've never known. I don't know what it means, so I'm not going to say it. Stop using blank if you aren't black. I have made some changes to this page because I'm uncomfortable with the way I've been consumed. So just very interesting. But um, Simone looks happy when it comes to plants. And so I hope this person can learn and maybe go find a job with a gardening team where maybe you are happier kind of working in that capacity opposed to, you know, getting involved in a coffee shop drama. The whole idea about being disgruntled at the coffee shop, the whole thought about, well, why don't you go get a fucking job somewhere else and, and pick yourself up by your, your bootstrings and do something doesn't well, even cross their mind. Well, and that's the, kind of what I was thinking of, of, you know, if you want to be in the coffee world, you could work 30 hours at Starbucks and you could have insurance with them, the stock options with them these things that you know they had they've already collectivized and unionized and all that crap they probably couldn't get a job there because they're so freaking weird but um but, another but, one is another one of the workers who uprose was nay and it's folks folks just gotta know what's up that video that was shared of the accountability process of kate and sonoms uh, the owners of nina's world barely touch it don't even hit don't even hit the surface of the harm, racism, anti-blackness, exploitation, tokenization that has been going on and has continued to go on well, well over, over a year. Right now, us workers are calling on solidarity from the community to stand with us, to, with us, to share the post, to, to, to share to your to your people, to your comrades, to your community, to your respective communities, that us workers at Minas World need your support. Meanwhile, we are showing up to work tomorrow. We are showing up to work the next day. 
in this in this situation of having to be come to work we need to work you know i also have to name and acknowledge that there are already folks geared up to no longer come to me in this world there are already community members who have decided nah i won't i won't be going to mean this world anymore in the name of not standing in solidarity with workers or in the name of just not wanting to decide what, what you're doing. And that right there, that, that's not standing in solidarity. Still come to me in this world. We work there as the workers that is our livelihood. You buying your coffee, you buying your snacks. Stop buying me in this world merchandise. You want to spend $50 on a sweater? How about instead, go ahead and slide that $50 into the tip jar. That is That goes directly to my pocket. That goes directly to my comrades' pockets. So Naya is a Black, queer, trans, neurodivergent survivor. <laughs> and at one point in time, Naya looked like they had a really good sense of humor and could make jokes and have fun. And so I've just taken some pictures from their profile where... Nay had this joke where, like, God, why haven't you sent me a boyfriend? And then God, in the form of Jesus, in this meme, replies, I did, but you keep telling him, no fats, no fems. So at one point in time, Nay was comfortable enough to make jokes kind of poking fun at fat people. But I bet nowadays that would, that would not be the case because that would get Nay canceled. And another kind of funny meme that or dark humor for sure, was if Americans have a drink called the Irish car bomb, do the Irish have a drink called the American school shooting? And so just kind of interesting that at one point in time, Nay probably wasn't as woke as they are today. And yet just through being around these people, Nay went from being someone that looked really happy at one point in time. And Nay's been, Nay has been transitioned since 2017. And Nay looked really happy up until about COVID, I would say, was making fun minion pumpkins and had been uh, receiving a lot of support from all kinds of people. Um, was a model for a trans campaign with Planned Parenthood, was working as a teacher at one point in time and loved their classroom, even though from someone like Chris Rufo would point out that uh, Nate was involved with millennial sex education through the GLSEN and had spoken at the Massachusetts Spring Conference about you know this millennial sex education. But just kind of interesting to just kind of see this and then also the, the way that you're using social media to kind of declare things. So like um, they changed their name, I wanna say in 2019. And so just kind of the, the role of social media in all of this as well is interesting because it kind of focuses in on the microcosm of it all. Um, the last individual in the uprising is Van. Um, as we begin the process as workers of sharing information to community members, um, I want to keep in mind that, I want you to keep in mind that as people who are community members, who have an outside perspective of what this business is um, and might have judgment of the actions um, and 
lack of accountability, lack of transparency that is unfolding here. Um, I want you to ask yourself if you see yourself outside of that behavior. If you see yourself outside of this greater conversation about gentrification, um, this greater conversation about gentrification, this greater, and of course, you know, not all of our mothers are, are million, millionaires, <laughs> live in million, million dollar, multi-million dollar homes. Um, but I want you to think about your position in this, you know, that feels like an important part of showing up to do the work, you know, um, yeah, it's not easy, but it is a hell of a lot easier just to say, oh, that has nothing to do with me. Don't see myself in that. Chances are, if, you act, if you're acting out in that way, you, you might be concerned about justice. You might be concerned about things. You might be concerned about worker rights, but you also might see yourself too much in their actions that you're trying to deflect, that you're trying to... Um, make this about somebody else, you know. And of course, you know, not all of our mothers are are million millionaires, <laughs> live in million million dollar, multi million dollar homes. Um, but I want you to think about your position in this. You know, that feels like an important part of showing up to do the work. You know. Um, yeah, it's not easy, but it is a hell of a lot easier just to say, oh, that has nothing to do with me. Don't see myself in that. Chances are, if, you act, if you're acting out in that way, you, you might be concerned about justice. You might be concerned about things. You might be concerned about worker rights, but you also might see yourself too much in their actions that you're trying to deflect, that you're trying to... Um, make this about somebody else, you know. And Van has a very small profile, but a um, fan of Mary Oliver, the, the poet. And that's really all, all I can tell you about uh, Van. This is the Marxism of a country. Uh, this is the microcosm of that in a coffee shop. Well, how about we share that comment that one of the Reddit posters said, who kind of gave us the history of the communist history of West Philadelphia. But you have all of these people who are overeducated and then underemployed due to the 09 recession that happened under Obama. And they're being surrounded by all these institutions and people who are promoting this communist socialist stuff. And so then that also appears, uh, that also appeals to a lot of trans, queer, and non-binary people because you know, they see themselves as a minority group and all kinds of marginalized demographics kind of get swept up in the revolution. Well, all of their failings in life, suddenly you have an excuse for why they have failed and are unhappy. Um, you, know. you know, and it was, it's kind of sad to see this because, you know, the media in Philadelphia really did a lot to praise Mina's world. You know, this article comes from um, 
a dining magazine, Mina's World and the Line Between Representation and Tokenization. That sounds like a negative headline, but hear me out. The West Philadelphia coffee shop is often highlighted for being a queer haven, but isn't its menu the thing worth talking about? So they really did have a unique menu that was inspired by South Asian and Korean cuisine, along with all these fancy coffees, but they still couldn't make a profit because they had bent over backwards for their staff in such a crazy radical way that they didn't build up to having the notion of, hey, you now have a full-time job and can take two weeks off. I mean, they took, they took half of August off. There are lots of people in pictures of Mina's World that I haven't heard their story from who are other people who I imagine had nice things to say and didn't get involved with this. But um, Parikh said, a lot of our leadership entails asking everybody what they think and making the decisions together. Mina's World is not the perfect workspace or a queer utopia, but we're trying to make it as harmless as a space as possible. How in the world did this happen? And then it, it does, it, this, this story does look like right-wing satire. It really yeah. does. I mean, yeah. that's how... That's how bad it has gotten that it is essentially right-wing satire. But um, much like what Mark Twain said, you know, truth is stranger than fiction. And that's what we have here. It's definitely a stew. I've never seen anything as just bizarre as this. Stu, it really is like a Game of Thrones. Now, what family do you think Kate comes from? She is Stark? No, I think she kind of crumbled up really quickly so uh which game of thrones family crumbled really quickly you know she would have to be a lesser house you know she couldn't she couldn't stay it in the kitchen she couldn't stay she couldn't take the heat in the kitchen and she crumbled immediately but you know ej was someone who came to a foreign land and made herself an empire so ej is that tiger mom Daenerys targaryen i, I saw a lot of people using the hashtag justice for ej so there are a lot of people out there who completely sympathize with the mom. A lot of people shared comments about their own tiger moms and how they raised them and how they didn't take any shit. And then also kind of this notion of, you do have this kind of discussion of gentrification where, you know, it, it is gentrification in the sense that you have these hipsters coming into a, a community and kind of taking it over. But at the end of the day, this was, there was no, um, Kate is half white, but there were really no white people involved past that in terms of the oppressors. It's so bizarre. <laughs> I can't even get my head around it. Um, if I was EJ, the Tiger Mom, I would kick that bitch out of here. I'd sell the building and I wouldn't, I wouldn't have any pains of, pangs of guilt at all <laughs> I mean, it's her property i don't think they get the concept of property mm. yeah i mean and so that's the the scary notion as well and i'll post the portland cafe doc mary's who almost did the exact same kind of little list of demands same style same font i mean it's creepy it's like they're being coached into doing this to, you know, disrupt businesses or make businesses think that, you know, they need to bend over backwards to people like this. And, and they run off with the GoFund money because they go, 
misogyny, black racism, this feels, feels sorry for us, white guilt. Nobody wants to say uh, you're a fucking freak and you're, and you're corrupt. Uh, nobody wants to say that and they get away with it. And, and then, you know, a lot of these Reddit comments that we've shown throughout our discussion, Reddit's a, a left-wing website for the most part. So you have people on the left who think this is equally psychotic. And so I don't I'll, anybody could not think it's psychotic. <laughs> but um, how about we end on this comment? Because um, I think it really kind of sums up the whole thing. I'm all for workers organizing for collective bargaining with business owners, regardless of identity. But in this case, they were demanding ownership for free of an unprofitable business that required pity donations from an owner's mom to stay solvent. What could go wrong? Right. I mean, what are they going to do with it if they get, why do you buy something that doesn't make any money? It just it doesn't even, it's just right over their heads. All right, Steph. Yeah. I have bad dreams about this tonight. Well, hopefully it's over and they all go their separate ways, but uh, just the very strange case of Mina's world. Yeah, finally the price of being woke might be going broke.